You are listening to Changing the Game with me, Wilson Casado. What is the game? The game is everything. Everything from the education you receive to the career or business you pursue. In regards to diversity and inclusion, though, there isn't a level playing field. The show will allow us to hear from those who are challenging the status quo. It is about creating a new future where things are done differently, a future with diversity and inclusion, and most importantly, a future where everyone has access to play the game. Hello, everyone. Welcome to one more episode of Changing the Game. Today, I have here Grace Mugabe. Uh, Grace, welcome to the show. Hi, Wilson. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, a, it's a big pleasure and, and, and everyone. So you will see by Grace's bio what I mean by, you know, it's a great privilege to have her. So Grace, let me go through your bio and then uh, and then uh, we, we come back with questions to you, for you. Sure. Cool. So Grace Mugabe. Grace is our award-winning money management expert and a speaker who specializes in narrowing the financial wealth and information divide that acutely impacts women and minority. In the, following, in, in the years following the 2008 financial crisis, Grace walked away from a lucrative financial role in the mining sector and rewrote her skills around financial literacy, management, and business development to help improve the earning potential and financial infrastructure of business and communities led by underrepresented women and minorities. Uh, everyone, if I jump one, two, three, four paragraphs, I come to the fact that, you know, as, uh, just to have an idea of recent awards and nominations that Grace received. So she is in the 2020 list of top 50 small business leaders by Inside Small Business, the finalist in the 2019 Women in Finance Awards, and finalist of the 2017 United Nations Association of Australia Excellence in Gender Equity Promotion. So Grace, uh, I will stop talking about your bio. I may go back to it. But uh, before I go back to it, Grace, beyond uh, this awesome bio, uh, who are you? Uh, you know what Grace is about? What's your story? Thanks, Wilson. So I um, was born to a Zimbabwean man and a South African woman. And at a young age, we moved to America. So I had a lot of my formative years there before we moved back to um, Africa and then coming to Australia as an 18 year old. So I was raised with different um, cultures, um, which is something that I'm really privileged to have experienced and the ability to travel from a, a young age. Um, yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, studied accounting because um, I had a passion for numbers. And I've always, I've grown up in an environment where giving back was a core value of ours. So even as a young age, my parents would take us when they would go volunteering and helping out with the homeless. And so that's something that they've instilled in me and I've continued to, to do um, 
even as an adult. Uh-huh. So you did, you did, uh, you know, you start your your answer talking about privilege. So I understand that you 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 study in Australia accounting. Yes, I did. Uh, was that a uh, how you came to start accounting? Where that passion came from, and you know, where where when you decided what you wanted to do. So I guess I was always good with numbers, and so it was just something that um, you know, I guess when you're growing up, you're society has these expectations that, you know, you get good grades, you go to uni, and then you get a, you know, a good job. And so I figured, you know, because I was good with numbers that that was what I was going to, to do. Uh, that's, that's a similarity with me. So that's why the reason why I, I, I ended up doing engineering is because of, you know, maths was something that I liked. Yeah. So, uh, Oh, I apologize everyone because you might hear some barks. So that's my, my little cookie that's around here. Uh, Grace, so uh, did, you, did you feel that in, in, in any moment, did you feel that uh, because you are a woman, uh, you could or could not go for that sort of uh, counting numbers sort of uh, career? No, actually, I grew up with my parents telling me that I could be and do anything I wanted to. So I think for me, it was more of a shock when people would tell me what I couldn't do. And that was actually one of the first things that um, was told to me when I landed in Australia. So a fellow African lady said to me that because I was a student, the only job I'd be able to get was um, working in aged care um, or as a cleaner. Hmm. And I've never been one who likes to be told what I can um, or can't do. So one of the things that I did do um, towards the end of my uni studies while I was doing part-time work was I ended up applying for a job in a call center. And I was asked, oh, how did you get that? I was like, well, I just applied. So I think, you know, a lot of the times, you know, sometimes we also tend to tell ourselves things that just because I am like this, I'm not going to be able to achieve that. Well, it was uh, clear that uh, your education, particularly your, you know, the example of your parents, uh, you know, uh, they engineer you in the other way, right? So there is nothing I cannot do. So uh, interesting enough, you share this experience of uh, immigrating to Australia and being told that you could only do that or this. So I do remember uh, an episode with my wife and it wasn't about her being women, it was more about coming from Latin America. Mm-hmm. So she was preparing herself to do her PhD at university and she shared that with someone that was doing English class together. And she was received with laughs and like, oh, you dreaming, that's impossible, forget about it, girl. And then wow. blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, you know, uh, that, that was actually, uh, well, interesting enough, Renata moved on and did her PhD, but it did affect her. So she said, well, why are these people saying this? And, and she self-doubt for a second after hearing that. So, yeah. uh, Grace, you, you, you graduated in accounting and I, I reckon by your bio that you, you move into a mining job. Is that the case? Yeah, so actually while I was um, still working in the call center, one of the things that happened was they put out an ad, um, you know, 
online saying that they were looking for an assistant accountant who typically has about two to three years experience. And so I saw that and I chose to apply for that job, even though I still hadn't graduated. Um, I was in my last semester. And so they gave me a call and said, hey, do you realize you applied for a job that you have no experience in? And I said, yes, I did so because I wanted you to know that there's someone working in your call center that's about to graduate and that if you ever have a graduate role vacancy, if you could please consider me. So they asked me to just come in for a chat, which I did. And then two days later, they actually created a graduate accounting role. So that's how I got my first um, accounting role and it was for a telecommunications company. That's awesome. And then, <laughs> thank you. And so through that, then I managed to move my way, I guess, up the corporate ladder into then mining. Yep. So it's, it's interesting how you, you were breaking stereotypes already, you know, as a, you know, as a, you, 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 you already mentioned three or four things that, that are actually breaking stereotypes. Uh, I heard once that a, a, it seems to be a, a, uh, the female characteristic that uh, you don't apply for the job unless you are hundred percent fit that sort of profile and etc. So, you know, so I'm, 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 I have trouble in making judgments whether that is female or male, but, uh, but it's interesting that you look at the job, you know, description and didn't meet hundred percent of the requirements, but it still had a goal still, you know, and, and, and by the way, so you got the job, right? Yes. So that that's a that's a not awesome walk the talk example. So you need need to go for it, right? Yes, definitely. You need to put yourself out there, um, and I try and do that in all sort of um, situations. So it could be even something in my personal life where I could be, you know, say for example, applying for a house at the moment. You know, we know that the rental market is um, pretty bad, and so if I was if I were looking for a place, I would make sure that my application looks very different to what um, you know, everyone else is. So in the past, one of the things that I've done is written a letter to the landlord and it'll talk about me as an individual, how I will take care of their property, treat it like it's my own, bit of information about the things that I like to do outside of work, and then you know, manage to get that place. And first thing that the landlord would say is, no one's ever written me a letter. So always looking at, you know, ways in which you can make yourself different because I'm already different. Yeah. So, you know, why not go the extra mile? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. What, what an example. So I do, I do remember, I do remember a, a colleague, a person that was talking about the fact that uh, uh, she was going for this uh, university that had a, a very tough exam to go in and there was only one you know, spot for, you know, 200 candidates. And, uh, and we were having a, a conversation about the fact that while you are one person, you only need one spot. So just make, you need to make that spot yours, right? Yeah. So it's just pretty, pretty similar concept, yeah. Yeah. So in that story of, you know, as a getting the job and, and, and working out, uh, you know, in, in your career, promotions and ranking up. So something happened then. So you, what was that? What made you change your journey, I guess? I guess um, I, so while I was working in mining, I was enjoying, you know, 
some of what I was doing, particularly the working with numbers and, you know, working with my colleagues, traveling up to site and teaching them about, you know, the budgets and sort of getting to understand the business um, and using different examples that they could relate to. But after work, I'd always rush to go and volunteer. And I was working, um, at the time I was um, on the board of a a multicultural Women's Health Center, and I'd really enjoy doing that. And it started to feel like I had two separate lives. And I guess um, I then sort of thought about how I could use my skills for good and be able to integrate those two things that I was quite passionate about. And so that was when I decided to start my business, Financially Empowered. And then so started my corporate escape plan, where I would wake up at three in the morning, work on the business before I'd go into work. And business, I guess my day job became my vehicle to being able to, you know, work in my business full time. So that's fantastic. So that's, uh, well, that's, uh, that's, that's a trend of uh, in, uh, among entrepreneurs, right? So the entrepreneurs, uh, you know, have a dream and want to do their own jobs. And, and sometimes uh, we don't see that sort of, you know, the, the two, three extra uh, shifts that entrepreneurs go through before they can, you know, think about, you know, doing the whole, the whole jump into it. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so it is, it is still your business, right? Is what do you do today? Yes, it is. So eight years later, um, well, eight in January, I'm still here. Nice. 10 years. No, eight years in January. Eight. Nice. So uh, tell us about it. What, what is it? So financially empowered is a, social purpose business. And so what I do is I equip women and minorities with upskilling when it comes to financial literacy and working with them in their businesses to better understand their finances. So how to manage their cash flow, how to forecast you know, their budgets um, and be profitable and sustainable long-term. Very good. So is your... Uh, your customer is, is, is individual, so people or from those minority groups that you mentioned? Yes, so usually they are in business. So I work with um, people in business. I do also run financial literacy workshops and a lot of the times that's for individuals. So from startups, so a lot of the times they may not have actually registered their businesses to then people who are in business as well as a program that's called Money Matters for Migrants, which is specific to, um, which caters to the specific needs of migrants. Uh, Grace, uh, what, are the, what are the biggest challenges your clients have? So when, when, you, when you come to actually teach them about financial literacy, so I, I imagine that, you know, the natural answer for that question is that, you know, working out the numbers as, as, as you'd expect. But I would assume that that's just part of the problem. It is. So I think if, for example, if we're to use a migrant as an example, there's starting off with understanding the Australian financial system. So understanding things like tax and superannuation. Um, In some instances, you might have, say, for example, you know, a refugee that has had to live from day to day, worrying about whether or not they'll live until tomorrow. And then the next thing they land in Australia, and you're told, oh, here's some superannuation that you can access in 30 years. Mm. Also coming from countries where maybe you don't have to lodge um, a tax return, um, you know, for whatever um, reason. Being able to know who to trust 
and mm -hmm. someone who's going to be able to speak um, to you rather than at you and throwing all these big financial terms. There's um, then, you know, being able to then manage money. So again, sometimes, you know, people may have never had to manage money or having to maintain a family here in Australia as well as a family overseas. And then all of the complications around, you know, running your business, you know, you've got your BAS, what's GST, employing people, and then the assumptions that people also make of you and the stereotypes um, when you're actually just trying to run your business on a day-to-day -day basis. Interesting. Uh, one of the things that I'm curious about is, uh, okay, you used to work in a, in a corporate job, in a mining company, so, you know, it's, uh, uh, stereotypes tell me that you would potentially having a very nice salary or, you know, so, and, and then you decided to go for your own business and you have this journey of eight years. You went for that business be, uh, fundamentally because uh, you want to do something good with your skill set and, and driven by that purpose, driven by that, you know, that, uh, having that giving as a drive. Uh, the, uh, my curiosity is how is that journey in terms of uh, your own financial expectations or fears or being able to live out of it and and is that journey that has that journey been uh, good for you? Um, so it has been a roller coaster of emotions. So I guess one of the things is given my accounting background and also I guess the skills that my mom taught me from a young age in terms of budgeting, I set out a plan at the very start in terms of how much I needed to make sure I had saved up to be able to actually go out on my own. Um, so that was quite um, helpful and to being able to actually get started. Yes, then once I started, it's also, you know, the learning curve around, even though I'm good at accounting, there's still the sales and the marketing, the business development and all of those and the technology that you need to learn as well. And then, um, like you said, they're often stereotypes. So, you know, I'll go into certain situations and at the time, you know, people might say things like, um, you know, you're too young or we're not what you were looking for or assume that, you know, people will come and be like, oh, can you speak to the business owner? It's like, oh, I am the business owner. Um, you know, and then you can see the look of surprise. So it has, you know, it's challenges and you learn to be you know, resilient and you, I guess, remember your why and your purpose and why you're doing what you're doing. So uh, I'm, I'm you telling your story. So in obviously, so we having this chat here is it means that you you have been successful in your story so far. You're building it. You now you you, you definitely are resilient, uh, women, women, woman. So I'm thinking, uh, like I'm thinking about the hundreds hundreds of people, hundreds of women that's out there in a work that they struggle, uh, struggle, in, uh, struggle more in a sense that they're not happy in that, doing that sort of job. And they want to go for their job, you know, for their dreams, but they think that's impossible, right? So it's never going to be able to find that job, that dream, and et cetera. 
So then you sharing that, you know, you, first of all, you did that, you know, leap of faith, but first of all, uh, your accounting uh, knowledge helped because you could budget and, and plan financially, you know, until you could do it. So, but also uh, you face challenges, you know, like the one you mentioned is that, you know, you go to pitch your business and, the, and you're not taking uh, seriously or not taking and as, as, uh, as uh, respectfully as, as, as we expect. Uh, those moments are moments that you might think, oh, did I do the right thing or do I go wrong? Do, 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 you know, do I keep going? And uh, were, that were there any moments that you thought you have chosen the wrong path? No, um, as difficult as it's been and as stressful as it can be, there's not once that I've ever regretted what I'm doing. When it gets hard, I think it's really important to lean on your support system and to also sometimes take a step back and reevaluate and see what isn't working. Because sometimes it may be that, you know, I might feel overwhelmed because maybe I've taken on too much or I haven't had a break and I'm feeling, you know, burnt out. Having, um, you know, support system so my family I have friends who I can bounce ideas off of who will encourage me when I'm doubting myself and you know imposter syndrome is real I have experienced it on numerous occasions and you know sometimes you're asked to speak at an event and you read the email and you close it and you know open it and think maybe that you know um, the email will have disappeared because you're dreaming or they've got the wrong person but again, you know, your friends are there, um, that support system is there to be able to encourage you. But I think also, again, remembering why you're doing what you're doing. I also have what I call an accomplishment board. And I have written down all the things that I have managed to accomplish after moments of self-doubt. And so that helps me to, when I see that, you know, or when I'm doubting myself, I look back and go, oh yes, I achieved this after this and this happened or after thinking that I couldn't do it. And then that helps me again to keep going. So I love that. So is that a, a tool that you use for yourself, right? So I, if I understood right, so you have like a book where you write down achievements? It's actually um, a massive, um, like card manila sheet of paper that I just write in a marker and it's quite big and then I've, um, it up on the wall so that it's visual visible yeah. and yeah whenever i have those moments of doubt i can look at that and i'll remember with each of those moments how i felt before that and it's something that you know i may have thought i couldn't achieve or never thought would ever happen or you know things like joining a board i always thought you know i'd have to be an old person before i could do that and so you know being able to see that i managed to achieve that even after thinking it wasn't possible that's so awesome. Yeah, good. So I remember, well, I, I did mention before we start talking here that this evening, uh, you know, as I woke up in the middle of the night and I had troubles going back to sleep. And, uh, and what was going on in my mind is that I couldn't stop thinking about 
some of the challenges we're having and having a little bit of uh you know catastrophic thinking of you know what if this doesn't happen and that doesn't happen and that doesn't happen that doesn't happen it's just your mind tricking you and and, and, and interesting because you know as the people that know me have maybe because of uh, because of some of my limitations so people only see that figure that you know that's managing the business that know what's doing and etc so uh, but we don't get to realize that we all go through these moments, isn't it? And, and just our mind tricking us. I, I, I love, I love your tool. So I can write down some achievements to give that sort of uh, push in the pride. Yeah, and, exactly. Because um, you know, you have to be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. Yeah. So uh, you went to uh, to get some awards. So. Uh, uh, and you're also an ambassador for Aspire. Yes. For the so what, what is what is that? What is that? Is that uh, you do some work related to that? Tell us a little bit about those things. So um, part of that is, um, well, the reason that I accepted that um, nomination is, I guess, to also change the view of what an Australian is. And I use this platform as well as another way of being able to show, I guess, people who may label themselves as the other or might be faced some sort of discrimination um, because of their age, their race, their gender, whatever the case may be, but to just show them what is possible. Very nice. So that work entices in you going and, uh, and, and do your keynote speaking and talking to people or letting, yeah. That's, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's good. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you, and 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 I'm imagining you having these chats and the impact that can cause. So that's pretty good. Uh, what is in? What is in? So uh, I, I guess you have eight years in your business, and I imagine that you are only the start of this journey, right? Yes. So. How, how do you see what, what, is, what is in the future for you? So I would like to be able to continue making an impact or, you know, I guess showing other people what is possible, um, empowering them to understand and manage their finances and using that as a way of being able to be independent you know, for be it, you know, for women who might be in situations that they feel they may, may not be able to get themselves out of, you know, being able to manage money, um, understand money is a useful tool for them. But also when it comes to things like, for example, be it, you know, migrants, understanding that, you know, Australia has a lot of opportunities and seeing that, you know, maybe they'll be able to see through some of the things that I've been able to do, what is actually possible for them, that they might, you know, put themselves out there despite what other people might say, or despite what they might see. Because I think that oftentimes when I go, particularly when I go and speak at um, events that are for the cult community, a lot of people will say, you know, I've, wanted, I've always wanted to do this, but I've never seen someone else that looks like me, or I never thought that it is, it's, it's possible. Um, I'd like to use financially empowered. Um, I hope that you know it grows beyond myself, being able to 
you know, um, continue to employ um, you know, people from uh, cult backgrounds and continue to teach financial literacy um, globally. That's fantastic. So uh, I, I have a curiosity because uh, I, as part of what you do, obviously you talk about money. Yes. And, and money sometimes, or many times actually, has that sort of, uh, is more like a bad connotation. So uh, when, you, when you bring this sort of knowledge and talk about money, so do you see the people reacting to it or thinking that's not, that's not for them or being confused with those sort of different connotations of what money means? So I think, yeah, so money is often a, you know, a taboo topic. You don't talk about money. We've often been told, yeah, it's rude to talk about money. But I, as part of what I do is, you know, talk about why it's important to talk about money, what happens when we don't talk about money. And because a lot of my audience and the people that I work with are women, our kids or their kids are going to learn and emulate what they do when it comes to money. And so if we've made mistakes when it comes to money or don't understand or know how to manage money, their kids are going to pick that up and they're going to make the same mistakes. And so a lot of the times, you know, that will make people sort of think twice. Also being able to share the things that I've experienced and the challenges that I've had openly to say, just because I'm teaching or talking about money does not make me, um, you know, perfect. I have made my own mistakes. And so these, this is why I'm also teaching what I'm teaching. So they don't have to make those same mistakes. So that generally tends to change people's um, views and tend to open up. Also knowing that they are in an environment where it's safe to discuss money, confidential, and there's no judgment for me. Yeah, no, very good. So uh, Grace, uh, I always I always mention this to, to to our guests in the show that you know the thirty minutes that we set up to do in the beginning uh, always fly. Yeah. And today I don't even think that I started. So and, and it's thirty minutes already. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm feeling differently today. So I, I wanted this conversation to keep going. So yeah. I will. Um, I will ask you like a, it's a final question, right? So uh, look, uh, I hear your story. Uh, you start talking about your story and I recognize your privileges. So it's, it's quite a common, uh, it's a quite a common track, you know, when, we, when, we, when I talk with the women that come to the show, so uh, perceiving themselves in a position of privilege despite any sort of diversity is quite a unique, uh, 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 matter, a unique subject. So uh, then you, you you came along to 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 have a you know to have so far an amazing career, right? It's a career that had uh, you know as a very early success. Uh, then you pivot, you, you know, you find some purple, you found some purples and follow that passion, and you you know thriving in doing that and, and continuing your journey. So at the end of the day. Uh, this is uh, you are like a walk the talk in 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 what uh, in what I imagine what the changing the game is about. So it's the people that are able to follow the dreams, to change the game, to pivot, you know, to to find purpose and etc. So if I ask you, 
to give an advice for a young person, right? So it doesn't have to be a young woman or young, but, but given that you work with uh, women, with minorities and et cetera, if you, give, you have to give an advice to, uh, to show them that this is possible, what that would be? Ooh, where do I begin? So I think one of the biggest things that I would say is that I do understand the challenges, but I think sometimes we need to start with ourselves. And so not believing anything that we're told is not possible because of our age, our gender, our race, or any other terms that are used to um, differentiate you and being able to believe in ourselves. The second thing I would then say, even though I know you said one thing, is to put yourself out there. No one is going to know that you're there or that you're looking for an opportunity if you don't put yourself out there. And putting yourself out there can also just mean looking for mentors um, who can then give you access to networks or opportunities that you don't know um, exist. So don't be afraid to ask. I love it. Uh, look, uh, I I will stop because then we don't finish this. So uh, we're probably gonna I'm probably gonna find out a way for us to have another conversation and have another. Episode. So uh, Grace, I'm extremely grateful to have you. So you, you very walk the talk of what changing the game is about, as I mentioned before. So I'm grateful. I thank, thank you, and I hope you enjoy it. Yes, thank you so much for having me um, and creating a platform where, yeah, women can talk about, you know, changing the game because we do need to change the game. Yeah. So everyone, this is Grace Mugabe. Uh, I'm pretty sure you will join me to, you know, to, to, to acknowledge how great this was. And until the next one. So, you know, our first season of Changing the Game are uh, getting to the end. So this is the 16th episode. So we're gonna have uh, only 17 episodes every season. Uh, that's, uh, you know, as a surprise for you guys, you got to know why 17 is important for me later on. Uh, and this is it. Thank you again, Grace. And until the next show. Thank you.